May the grace and mercy and peace of God our Heavenly Father be with each of us here this afternoon and and every day that He sees fit to give us. For a text uh, this afternoon, I'm just going to continue continue in the Acts. I've been reading in the Acts the last few times and going to continue starting uh, in the beginning of the 6th chapter, so Acts chapter 6, starting in the first verse. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians, and of the Cilicia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council, and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say, that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. I'll just carry on here. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men and brethren and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Sharan, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharan, and from thence... When his father was dead, he removed him unto this land, wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession, and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil four hundred years. 
And the nation to which they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all of his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and and Chanan, and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first, And at the second time, Joseph made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him, and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers, and were carried over into Sychem, and laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for the sum of money of the sons of Emor, the father of Sychem. But when the time of the promise grew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king rose, which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children, to the end that they might not live. In which time Moses was born, and was exceeding fair, and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me, as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Madian, where he begat two sons. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord unto him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send thee into Egypt. This Moses, who they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is that Moses which said to the children of Israel, The prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. 
him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us to whom our fathers would not obey but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt saying unto Aaron make us gods to go before us for as for this Moses which brought us out of the land of Egypt we know we wot not what has become of him And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. And God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, figures which ye made to worship them. And I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into, with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, which God drave out before the face of our fathers into the days of David who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What house will ye build for me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always ye, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Most of which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. So that's... uh, Kind of a long text, but we see here that the the followers of Jesus were were increasing. It says that they were the number of disciples was multiplied. More and more people in Jerusalem were were uh, coming to believe in Jesus and follow him. And these were all, I believe they were at this point, they were still all Jews. But they were people in in, uh, Jerusalem who were from all over.
all over the known world. And as even humans today, we, we tend to get in our, our cliques and, and the people that we're close to, and there can be a lot of uh, controversies and, and people, people uh, accusing others of, of uh, various things. These people are no different than us, and and especially the bigger the group you get, the more issues show up. And and uh, so they found that uh, they they had to have a little bit of discipline here and and uh, some organization. The twelve original twelve disciples of Jesus had been called to to preach the gospel and that was what they focused all of their energies on and they weren't really able to deal with all the the natural the natural needs and administration as it says waiting on tables and or serving tables and uh, but it's important to see that they even in looking after these natural things, they didn't just try to find people that were were qualified in the in the natural things. But their first priority for for all of these people was to, as it says, find out find out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who they would appoint over the business. And uh, I think that's a a good thing to remember. Uh, we're looking for somebody. It doesn't matter what the position is that that, uh, especially within the church, that the people should be first. The first consideration should be that they should be honest and and that they would have the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and that if they have those things, they will probably be able to do almost any business in a, in, a, in a good way. And that as Christians, uh, to remember that our first, our first goal is to, to, to spread the Word of God and be an example of, of Christ in the world. And there's uh, many churches who call themselves Christian churches, they may be Christian churches, but they, there's many that have gotten a very bad name in the world even for the corruption and scandals that, that they have allowed within their, within their groups, and it's, it's really, uh, unfortunate, and it, it has given Christianity a bad name among a lot of people. And uh, we see the wisdom that God had given to these apostles in in that early church, and in uh, first first finding people who were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and and that those would be the people who would be leaders, even in in the dealing with the more the more natural business. And the first, the first man they mentioned, the first of the seven that were chosen was this Stephen, and it says that he was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And no doubt the, 
all seven of these men were were likewise uh, likewise uh, approved to be full of Holy Ghost and wisdom. These that they were looking for, and the apostles had prayed <coughs> prayed over these men and laid their hands on them and and blessed them and. Right away we see that the Stephen who, who had been put in a position primarily to deal with some of the natural, the natural things, not sure what all it was, if it was making sure that everybody got a fair amount to eat or these widows that were neglected somehow, that they were looked after and and whatever else they were supposed to be doing, we see right away that this uh, Stephen, I'm sure he was doing that, but he he immediately got into a discussion with some uh, uh, some people that. Uh, says there were certain certain people of the synagogue of the Jews that were that were <clears throat> libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians that uh, got into this dispute with Stephen and They, it says they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit with which he spake. We see that a lot in the world that that uh, when the people of the world try to reason with uh, with uh, absolute truth, they find they find out that they really can't reason with it. Some of these things are are so blatantly clear that that it's incredible that they, they still try and even try to reason with them. The, the things that are even taught in the public schools like Darwinian evolution, which are so ridiculous that they're completely uh, unscientific. And we have whole uh, societies and generations who are uh, promoting it and, and running after it and, and uh, whatnot and uh, teaching it to the little kids and uh, right through high school and and uh, and even into university but there's actually can sometimes I think get to be a little bit more honesty by the time they get to the university level once they once they've pretty much completely indoctrinated people in this falsehood but we see that a lot of these proponents of of these type of uh, of worldly ideas, they uh, when they try to reason with with truth, they uh, they can't reason with it, and and when they can't reason with it, and they they find out they really don't have anything to stand on, they they uh, instead of staying with reason, they start to just get uh, get angry and. Uh, and they start making false accusations and attacking people's character and and lashing out any way they can think of, no matter how uh, ridiculous or uh, or false it is. And that's exactly what's happening here. These these people that were in the synagogue, they were probably high up officials. They 
uh, this man Stephen was was there, and he had a, he had a full grasp of the history of the Jews and and these people's forefathers. He knew the the history of them. He knew the history of the religion, and uh, and these people they when they tried to dispute with him, they they uh, immediately ran out of arguments, so they started to uh, get angry and and do things under the table, you might say. They says they suborned men, which they, they found some people that would that would make false accusations and and uh, and they said that they heard Stephen speaking blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Of course Stephen had never never said anything blasphemous. He had spoken just the truth. But but uh, this is what some of these kind of people will do. They'll, they'll, uh, they, they don't have any, any qualms about doing things that are, that are totally wrong. They stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. They came upon him. They caught Stephen and brought him to the council. A little bit like Jesus himself and, and many others who, who were falsely accused. And, uh, and the, uh, of course, a lot of the other apostles and disciples and followers of Jesus too, throughout history. And as Stephen himself says right from the beginning, the the prophets and and that they were Moses and uh, a lot of their ancestors. They they uh, they fought against Moses. Not 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 saying Moses uh, fought so much against truth, but a lot of the others fought against the truth that was spoken by Moses and and, uh, and others. And, uh, and they misquote Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus, of course, had said that, that if you destroy the temple, you would build it again. And uh, these people changed that into saying that Jesus would destroy the temple and change the customs and and uh, it says this council these council of these Jewish elders they were looking at Stephen and Stephen it says was that his face was as the face of an angel he he was a uh, he was a man who had confidence in the truth that he was speaking, and and he wasn't afraid. He was as an angel. It says that uh, he was able. God had given him the courage to say the truth and to to stand there uh, before these other men, and uh, with with uh, you might say peace and confidence. So then said the high priest, are these things so? And there we, we see this whole speech that uh, Stephen gave. It's, uh, it's uh, one of the most condensed uh, versions of a large percentage of the Old Testament that you'll find that uh, he, he tells them in a, in a nutshell the history of the of the Jews and the, the children of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, and how it was. 
that they're, they're throughout their history that uh, we see that Abraham was we don't know why God why Abraham was was uh, was Abraham chosen by God or became the father of of this nation that was God's chosen people but but it uh, it's the way it is and we see this Abraham he started out he was a kind of a vagabond he didn't he didn't have a a land of his own really God promised it to him and his seed but but he was a uh we'd call it a nomad that he he lived in tents and and uh, moved with his cattle and sheep uh, he always uh moving on to new pastures and and that's how Abraham lived his life. Talks about this strange land that it God hadn't really given the land to Abraham to in the way that we would have land as a as an ownership where we could build a house. And to some degree I think that can give give people a certain amount of humility when Abraham had to, he had to be kind of on the move and flexible that way. But these are some of the things that were foundational to, to the, these Jews, these, these men in the, in the synagogue. And they all knew, they all knew a lot of these things, I'm sure. They, they all, probably all knew the history. How it was that they were, went to Egypt and it was all part of God's plan that they would go to Egypt and be, the nation would grow until there was some, some 400,000 men and, uh, and wives and children and everything living in Egypt and then they became persecuted. Eventually there, after, after 400 years, they were under heavy persecution and God brought them out. You can see how God raised up Moses, how Moses, God saved Moses' life as Moses was a young child and they were all, all the children were commanded to be killed, but Moses was spared. Probably a few others were spared somehow too, but, uh, but Moses was spared and, and God allowed him to learn all of the wisdom of the Egyptians. And when he was 40 years old, it says it came to his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And I guess uh, that being about, about my age right now, I probably close to close to the prime of life in a lot of ways. Um, Moses was uh, had a lot of self-confidence and he figured that now would be the time for him to assert himself and, and lead these people. And he, he didn't have, I guess, a lot of humility, which is common to probably a lot of us as humans and myself for sure that it's easy to to rush out and do something 
without necessarily humbly asking God to to help or for wisdom or but Moses he he went out and killed an Egyptian thinking this was going to be the start of of uh, making things right but it it turned out to be something that completely was completely wrong and at the wrong time and the wrong thing to do he ended up on the run afraid for his own life See that it says that Moses fled into the land of Midian, where he married, and and uh, the Old Testament records that he became a shepherd for forty years, and he had to learn for another forty years. He spent learning humility and wisdom, and dealing with a flock, big flock of sheep uh, helped him, I guess, to learn a lot about how to deal with a, a big. Uh, nation of people and how to how to be a, a shepherd to them eventually when it, Moses was 80 years old then he God God uh, that was God's time when Moses was supposed to become the leader of Israel and at that point Moses didn't think it was the right time he he uh, had all kinds of excuses why why it wasn't uh, wasn't the right thing. He was getting to be an old man, and and uh, but because it was God's it was God's time. God gave him everything he needed. Moses led these people out of Israel or out of Egypt. Sorry. And we see that those people, right away after their miraculous deliverance from hard labor, they had been slaves in Egypt under hard labor and, and uh, no doubt severe punishments. And, and uh, under the Egyptians, God freed them from that and gave them things they need, needed brought them into the wilderness and immediately they started complaining and uh, wishing that they were back in Egypt. They, they wanted the good food they had in Egypt, the, the savory foods, the onions and leeks and, and things they, they, were, they remembered. It seems like they immediately forgot all the hardship they'd had there and they, uh, they remembered a few good things that, that they had had. And they also immediately went back, forgetting God. They they started to to worship other other things. They built this golden calf, worshipped it, and they uh, took up this. I'm not sure what God this was. This Moloch, a tabernacle of Moloch, and God Refam. They might have been Egyptian gods that that the people were worshiping there in the wilderness. Or maybe that was later in Israel they were worshiping those gods. But we we see multiple times throughout the Old Testament that the the people 
how incredibly quickly they, they forgot God. Sometimes it was only a matter of days when Moses went up to the mountain to get those, uh, to talk to God and to get those Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone. He was only gone 40 days. And within a month, they had already already uh, built an idol with golden calf and were worshiping it and uh, blaspheming God. And this is human nature. We can we can very quickly get carried away with with our human human uh, tendencies. And that's why we need we need God to to help us every day. Tells them how how God gave them this tabernacle that they were to build this this uh, kind of a tent temple that that they built called the tabernacle that they were able to take down and and bring with them and then set it up again when they when they moved because they they kept on moving throughout the wilderness they would stay in one place a little while and then. There, God was in a, a pillar of fire by uh, by night and a cloud by day, and when that st- when the cloud and the pillar of fire stopped, they were to stop, and then as soon as it moved, they they were to pack everything up and and follow it, and they did that for forty years. And Stephen, he goes through this whole. This whole history, and throughout throughout the vast majority of this history, the people, these these Jews, these these uh, high up men, they they really couldn't say much because they all knew that that these things were true, that they they all knew the history of their nation. says, you stiff-necked and un- uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do al- always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of you, whom ye have now been now the betrayers and murderers. That just one, of course, is Jesus himself, who had been crucified just shortly before this. They've received the law by the disposition of angels, have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and they stopped their ears, and they ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. 
Here we see this, these people who are classic of people even today who, especially when they know they're wrong, they they just don't want to hear it. They're, it says they stop their ears. They they uh, they just cannot cannot tolerate to hear the truth when they when they know that they're wrong. It makes there's there's nothing that makes people more angry than to hear truth when they know that it's true and they know that they're stand, they haven't been standing for truth and they're that they're going down the wrong road. Nothing that makes people more angry. And they ran upon Stephen. This whole crowd cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. This young man was part of this whole plan, part of Stephen dying here. It was necessary for all the people to hear the story, to hear about Jesus, however it was. And this young man whose name was Saul, we, in other areas we can read and find out that this was Saul of Tarsus. Saul was their leader. He was a young man who was very zealous in persecuting the church, persecuting the true believers. His, uh, he had letters from the leaders in Jerusalem that gave him authority to bind people, to, to uh, bring them to, uh, before these councils. And, uh, and often they would, they would also kill people as, as they did Stephen here. And, and we see that this man, the Saul of Tarsus, he was, he was the leader of this group. He was, uh, the one who was, uh, was one of the, the main ringleaders, you might say, in bringing people like Stephen before these false councils and, and these uh, Jewish leaders. And he was there assenting to what these everyone else was doing, encouraging them, and it says that uh, he was holding their coats, he was, they left their clothes with, with him, and he oversaw the whole operation. This was that Saul who so often in the Bible we see that uh, people who were the last person that anyone would have expected ends up doing God's will and and this young man Saul ended up becoming in uh, not very long after this we we find out that he had to meet Jesus face to face as he was on the road to Damascus and that this Saul wasn't able to fight against him. It, uh, maybe even at this point, there there were things maybe that were working on his conscience. We don't know, but we know that he saw he saw these things and was encouraging them. And even today, there can be people in the world that that we as Christians might think that we should hate people who appear to be ringleaders and in the things of the world, anti-Christian people. But we need to pray for everyone. That, uh, as the Bible even says, to, that we should pray for our enemies, love our enemies, pray for them that spitefully use us and persecute us. 
because sometimes those are people who God has chosen to to fill a role and uh, and uh, to become sometimes great voices in speaking truth and, and spreading the gospel message. We can see people like the Apostle Paul, who was this Saul of Tarsus. We see Martin Luther, many other people who who uh, had similar similar types of circumstances, who were fighting against truth, and uh, sometimes quite uh, vehemently and. In retrospect, we can see that, that it was all part of God's plan, that, that God needed these people, and He needed to have this whole, this whole thing happen. And sometimes people needed to die, that Stephen needed to die, uh, so that, so that Saul could, could come to repentance and knowledge of Jesus. And things haven't changed even to, to this day. There's still people in the world, not so much in this part of the world, but we know that in in a lot of countries like the Middle East and China, parts of Africa and South America and and that, there are people who are even today laying down their lives to preach the gospel. And we need to remember them in prayer. Remember that God... God's work still needs to be done, and and I believe physically too, if we can help them, that we should that we should do what we can to 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 strengthen those who are preaching the gospel at as Stephen even at at the threat of of, of losing his own life. We see that these kind of people, they gave, they gave their lives willingly. Stephen wasn't the only one that, uh, there were, history tells us, not so much in the Bible, but history tells us that after, after this time, there were literally hundreds or thousands of, of believers who were put to death by the Romans. Many were put to get death by the, by the Jews. But there were a lot more Christians who were put together to death by the Romans. There were probably thousands of Christians who were crucified for their faith in Jesus. They were sent to the lions. They were uh, they were uh, put to death any way they could could uh, could think of. Uh, history tells us that the Apostle John was the only one of the twelve that. You might say died a natural death, and even that, even him. It wasn't that people hadn't tried to martyr him. They they tried they tried to to put him in boiling oil, but it didn't kill him. God obviously miraculously protected John and allowed him to to live out his life, but. Uh, but the rest of the twelve were all were all martyred and put to death. And even throughout history, even to this day, we real, we should know that uh, that worldwide there's as many people, as many Christians being put to death today, even 
even today as for their faith as there ever has been. And we hear about places like Syria and Iraq and uh, and there are, there are Christians there even in this day and age who are who are being killed with they're being shot and uh, and literally killed by the sword. And we should remember those people because we're so isolated from them. At least remember them in prayer because there are millions of, people, of Christians today who are, who are in the same place. <clears throat> and a lot of those people are not feeling sorry for themselves, but, but we <clears throat> pray that uh, as these people that they, God can give strength, even as Stephen, that knowing that beyond this life they have a hope beyond this life. We see that Stephen died, <clears throat> not accusing them, but says that he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. We see basically the same thing as Jesus himself said when Jesus was killed, or when Jesus laid his own life down, Jesus Remember, Jesus wasn't killed by the people, but he says that he laid his own life down. Jesus said a very similar thing, that, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And uh, this is, as a Christian, we pray that, that we could have that much love, even for our enemies, that, that uh, as Jesus told us, to love our enemies. Bless them that curse us. That uh, this would be the the only kind of example that would <clears throat> has the power to change hearts. These these hardened hearts. That uh, if they could see that kind of love, they might realize that that uh, there's something there that that the secular world can't offer, and and these other religions also can't offer give people that kind of a courage, kind of a quiet confidence in their faith. And we pray that that each of us here to encourage everybody here to, to believe on this Jesus, as he said, to to believe on him, that we could have this this confidence and, and courage to that whether we live or die, that that our faith is in this Jesus, and and that uh, that He will He'll give us what we need. I pray that uh, God would add blessing to the reading of His Word, and, and that it would that it would do its work in each of us. And to his glory. Amen. And may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us everlasting peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.